check, check, check. We're live. We're live. You guys, we are live with the biggest podcast I've ever done in my whole entire life. Yes, my hair may be long. I'm wearing this homeless man jacket, but I did it. We got through it. Three big interviews, three big guests. We got Jackie Buntan, Bob Perez, and the one and only, the one and only, Kevin, the soul assassin, Ross. You guys, my hero, one of, like, if you guys don't know anything about me, you guys are just here for the guests. So I was a FedEx driver. I was a FedEx driver driving in 2018. And I was started listening to podcasts, started listening to books and about uh, successful people. Uh, not self-help books, uh, not self-help books, but more of just autobiographies like coaches and athletes and, and what they went through. Kevin Ross, his story and, and what he went through, it, it's helped me. It's helped me come into my own. Like it pushed me to be, to be better, to be a better person. I'm probably not going to be that elite Muay Thai fighter. And, and why? Because I just got so much going on. Right. And, but it changed my life. Like I wouldn't be here. Like if he didn't get on a mic and start talking and be vocal, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Like uh, there's a few people out there that, that really changed my life through, through a voice. It's a reason why I sit down on this mic for no money at all, just because I love to do it. And it, it, it changes people's lives, changed my life. And if I could just reach one person to find Muay Thai, American Muay Thai, I, I, I hope I do. But I just want to say thank you guys for coming on. Thank you for joining me today. This is Clinched Up with me, Jesse Diaz. Uh, American Muay Thai podcast, everything and everyone American Muay Thai. I just want to say thank you for being here. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, do all that stuff. It really goes a long way. Like I said, I do this for free. And uh, it takes a lot of effort. I'm not going to lie. And you guys, each one of these guests today, I was shaking before I interviewed them. So uh, if I sound nervous, I was, but I'm, I'm trying to get better at it. I'm trying to get better at it and relax. And uh, yeah, so so first up, we're going to have Kevin Ross. Then we're going to have uh, Bob Perez and Jackie Buntan. Bob Perez, I actually been watching his striking videos for a while now. And the fact that uh, he has Lauren Murphy fighting Valentino Shevchenko. And then he has Derek Lewis fighting Cyril Ghosn. Like, that's huge. Both championship fights. Awesome. Awesome. And I can't wait to see both of those fights. And then you got Jackie Bhutan, who, who's going, coming into one championship Muay Thai and taking on two top fighters and beating both of them. She beat the brakes off of, of uh, Wonder Girl, right? Wonder Girl Fairtex. Dominated. Like, her punches look from round one to round three. Her punches and speed power, the, the punch power and speed power look the same. Look exactly the same. Like, it, it just, she didn't, like, gas, like, nothing, like, went down a level. Amazing fight. If you guys haven't watched that, it, just look it up on YouTube. It's there. Uh, amazing fight. And then being able to talk to Bob Perez because he's, 
he uh he doesn't have a, a great um professional fighting career, right? He says it. He wasn't that much of a fighter. Like he didn't have a career, like a long career. And he became a, a good coach, a great coach, you know, on his way to being a a, a a staple, right? Someone that's remembered as a having champions in the UFC. And being able to talk to him inspired me because at the end of my career, like, I do want to coach. I love coaching. Coaching is like seeing kids progress and then seeing adults progress coming to you and saying, hey, I, I, I want to learn how to do this. I love breaking stuff down. It, it could be anything. It, like when people ask me for podcasting, like how do I do this? It's like, all right, you ready? I want to teach you. But but then it takes a certain kind of person that want, really wants to learn, right? But I had fun with all three of these guests asking them questions. But it was an amazing, like, I, I love this. Uh, my friend, uh, Gloria, uh, she she messaged me. She said that, like, you're doing what you love. And, and she's right. I am doing what I love. Like, this is why I, I keep on doing it. Like, I'm getting to talk to people that, like, that have really inspired me. Like, from fighting to watching their fights to, to uh, coaching, like, just and being like what they say too, like it, it's it's an awesome feeling. And then for Muay Thai news, their uh, Yakiao just announced. Well, I seen an article saying that uh, Philip Via, the the owner, he's uh, opening up a operation in Los Angeles. I don't know what that. It doesn't really say what it's going on. It was on LA Weekly. It doesn't say what he's going to be doing over there. I don't know if he's going to be opening up a store. Is he going to be opening up promotions, like fight promotions, like having fight cards, American fight cards, Muay Thai fight cards? It doesn't really explain what what he will be doing in Los Angeles. Are they just going to be doing clothing? Because you guys, their their clothing it's it's one of the best out there for for martial arts. Just how flashy it is and their sportswear, right? But if they could come to uh, to California and start bringing fights over here, high level fights, that'd be amazing. I messaged uh, Philip Via. Hopefully, he gets back to me. If you guys know him, hit him up or send him my way. I do want to interview him about what's going on. It'd be awesome. More the more Muay Thai uh, products or or promotions, the better, right? It, even though it's like we all want triumphant to succeed, there has to be way more. It can't just be triumphant. If we want this thing to grow, it has. there has to be a lot of people out there, right? Um, UFC wouldn't get better if if there wasn't a one championship or a Bellator or something to push them, right? And Because you guys see what one championship's doing, and they're doing amazing, right? I really like the Muay Thai. Like I even when you listen to the podcast to the interview with Bob Perez, he says that that the the three ounce gloves it's it's different. I don't know. I I like it. Like I like what they're doing over there. They got they got uh, Iron Man Rotatang. Um, the way he fights, his fighting style, it's amazing. Gosh darn it! That's what I didn't ask Kevin Ross if if he uh, how he felt about that. God damn it! Uh, but. But I love that, the the one championship, small gloves, Muay Thai. I love it. I, I know Purist. I don't know if uh, Purist will care about the gloves, but it's amazing. But So if you guys know uh, Philip Villa, uh, uh, send him my way so we could talk about it. 
And then Lordzilla retired. Just recently retired last, I believe, over the weekend. He had his last fight. Uh, he doesn't. He didn't really say much uh, on Instagram, but he retired. You guys, it's it's funny because the the casual fan, fight fan, doesn't know doesn't know about uh, Lordzilla and how his movement, how exciting it is to watch. Like it, it just it, it's mind boggling because people are like. Oh, this this fight's boring on on the, when they're watching UFC. This fight's boring. It's just on they're on the cage. They're not really doing anything. But then they won't watch. I don't know whose fault it is. Is it the promoter's fault? Is it the the fighters' fault? Or is it just the fans' fault for not American fans for not watching? Like Lordzilla is like so exciting to watch the way he fights. If you guys don't know who he is, look him up. Uh, but congratulations on a long career. And uh, he'll be retiring. He just retired over the weekend. You know, but this weekend, WCE, uh, Muay Thai, and MMA action. I have my fight team, uh, my teammate, Nashi Ramirez, fighting on that card, Muay Thai, making her, her second fight in Muay, amateur Muay Thai. And then you have a whole bunch of California amateurs on that card. It's stacked. With a bunch of people I know, and the talent on that card is amazing. It, it, the MMA and Muay Thai side. Yeah. But, uh, so it should be fun. I'll be there. Uh, Strike is going to be there with the whole Strike fan bam. I'm going to be supporting Nashi. And it is it is nerve-wracking to see somebody that, that you know jump in there, right? But she's been training hard, working her ass off, and we'll see what happens. She's going to whoop that girl's ass. Uh, uh, Nashi, like you guys don't understand. Let's talk about Nashi real quick. Nashi's my teammate. She's a tattoo artist, and she she deals with schizophrenia. You know, I say it all the time, but what she's done is is it's amazing. You know, like you you talk about not giving up. You talk about not letting things uh, get to you, and just keep on going forward. That's Nashi. Like her whole life, like. Is, is about that and I, I, I'm so proud of her because it, like she's dealt with this mental health the whole enti- her whole entire life and then you she's doing something like tattooing that's not that's not an easy job that's a hard gig to get to be in a professional tattoo you got to spend like two years just doing it for free and just being like the a, not a, I don't want to say slave at the tattoo shop, but being someone that's just dumping all the garbages out, standing around, looking around, like trying to just see how people tattoo. And, and she did that. And now she's a professional tattoo artist. And then also she's doing something else like Muay Thai. That's not easy either. And she's doing this while having a mental health, uh, disorder, schizoaffective disorder. I'm proud of you, Nosh. I'm proud of you. Uh, but she'll be fighting. Can't wait. Again, thank you guys for listening. I'll get out of your way so you guys can listen to the guests. Kevin Ross, Bob Perez, and Jackie Bouton. You guys, if you guys like the show, share it. Um, subscribe on all the audio platforms to YouTube. Add me on Instagram, Jesse the Hassle Diaz. If you're listening, if you're watching this on a video and you want to listen because you're driving in the car, we're on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all of them, okay? 
I, I so just want to let you know. I love you guys. American Muay Thai for the win, guys. Have a great day. Have a great week. Kevin Ross, Bob Perez, and Jackie Bhutan. Love you guys. Peace. Round one. Fire. All right, today I got Kevin Ross, the, the face of American Muay Thai, and uh, a hero of mine, by the way. And uh, I'm just going to jump right into the questions. Uh, Kevin, during your career, it, it takes it takes a lot of hard work and and belief doing what you did. I just wanted to talk about what it, uh, how you found your belief in yourself, and were there any moments when you lost that belief during your career? <laughs> uh, I guess it was a. It's real like a, a progressive thing, you know, just like I always use that analogy of of uh, lifting weights. You know, you don't you don't all of a sudden lift like 500 pounds. You got to start with one pound and then two pounds and three pounds. And that's kind of how it went with uh, as far as like that self-belief went, because I guess I just felt like I spent the first half of my life in the opposite direction, like no belief in myself whatsoever, no, no outlook on life, no feeling like I could make it anywhere or do anything or, or be anyone. And it wasn't so much a self-belief that got me started. It was more of a, I'm going forward regardless. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I, it's not, it's not necessarily that I believe in myself. It's just that I believe in that I refuse to quit. Uh, and I don't know where, I'm going to get with this, um, but I'm just going to keep going this direction because I, I put it in the context of life and death, basically. So it wasn't that I knew where I was going or I'd, I'd be good or any. I had no no idea where this was even headed. I just knew where I was headed going in the other direction. So that for me took away a lot of that, those questions, because I knew that the only way I could find the answer is just to keep going regardless of what was going on. So I don't, I don't really feel like I ever had self-belief so much more just that I, I knew that I wouldn't give up, you know, I wouldn't quit. I wouldn't um, slow down just because things were painful or uncomfortable or not going the way I wanted, you know, it was, it was really just about making a decision and going forward no matter what happens. And, and, and I feel like that's really the, unifying factor for anyone that really makes it anywhere it's not it's not necessarily about their belief in themselves or their talent and ability it's just in their refusal to stop and to continually put the work in to progress to not use their failures or limitations as an excuse to not make it they're like all right this is this is how it is what do i need to do to get better what do i need to go forward just need to keep working, keep striving, keep getting stronger, keep getting better, keep figuring out ways to do it, how not to do it. Um, that's really all it was really about, you know. Is that something that you you're able to teach to somebody, or do they have to find that on their on the by themselves? You definitely have to find it in yourself. You can you can give people advice, of course, and I think a lot of. Uh, sharing your story with people sharing the things you had to face and overcome that 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 really like humanizes us all and makes us all realize 
the people that do make it and, and we are viewing aren't so different than everybody else. You know, we we always put them in this context of you have to have this certain thing to make it really. And, um, I think that keeps a lot of people from going after stuff because they they look at the things they're lacking in comparison to that person. Like I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not whatever any 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 situation you can put in that context. But really, if you talk to these people and study them and learn their stories, you realize that they were all dealing with stuff you couldn't even imagine, you know, and that, that, that's why I really enjoy reading uh, biographies and autobiographies about people who did make it to a certain point because you're able to go back and view where they started from, everything they dealt with along the way. And it, and it really shows you how, how difficult it is and how it really all does boil down to the fact that these people just refused to give up and they didn't, they didn't use their, um circumstances as a reason not to they had to use it as motivation and you 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 said about reading about autobiographies and and one of the reasons why i am in my life um because i used to work for fedex i was unhappy i was depressed and then i found muay thai and i started training and my whole life changed right yeah. and one of the reasons was because you're vocal you're vocal in particular you, uh, Gaston and, and Kirian were on Joe Rogan, and then it was Gaston and Kirian, and then you were on Joe Rogan um, by yourself. Uh-huh. All three of those podcasts, it, it's, it, it comes full circle to my life, and it, it helped me out so much. And it, it showed me that I, I, I can relate to you. Uh, your mind, I can relate to a lot. Uh-huh. And it, show, it showed me how to be myself basically and not fight it and one of the things i i love about your career is that you're an artist yeah and how is your your creative process i I always wonder like do you do you come out of training and do you go right to your art room or do you spend sundays (laughs) drawing or how do you do that uh no that's actually one of the more difficult things for me to balance out because training does take so much mentally and physically and emotionally you know, by the time you're done with that, all you want to do is rest and recover so you can do it again the next day. So it becomes really, it was very difficult for me to maintain a lot of these other things that I do uh, with writing, with my artwork um, and, and everything else in my life. But I realized, I realized a long time ago when I was younger, it's like, if you, if you stop doing these things, you're, you're going to lose them. Like the talent you don't use, you use because there is no, picking it up later on you know it's just like in training if when you stop training you you decline you can't maintain it takes so much work just to stay at a a base level you know just to stay in in relative shape relatively sharp that's like basic everyday stuff that's not even real training and progression so if you stop and take these breaks you're going to decline and you're going to be continually trying to get back to that place you started from and And that really goes across the board with everything that we do. So I had to find a way to balance all those out. But it was really just about maintaining my abilities and artwork and and other things as opposed to truly progressing because I had to. um, I do. uh, 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 
what do you call it? Prioritize what I was doing, you know, and, and, and all of my time and energy and focus really went into training because that is more of a, um, you know, we're on a very limited time frame of how long we can fight and get hit and, and that kind of stuff. So that I always put that as my priority, although I did make sure I was maintaining my abilities and our work and I would, you know, every, every fight or so I would make sure I was doing a, a, a big piece uh, afterwards. That way I could uh, not lose that, you know? Got it. And do, do you see yourself now being retired? Do you see yourself drawing a lot or doing art a lot more? I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But who knows, you know, the next, uh, there might be something else that takes, takes away too. Um, because, it's not like I'm going to stop training. I'm not going to stop yeah. teaching. So, you know, it's just trying to find a balance between all those things and steadily progress in everything that I do. And depending on the stage and time in my life, you just give a little more time and energy into one thing than the other, but continually juggling all those things. It's funny because you just, you said you're still going to be training retired as a martial arts as martial being a martial artist like there's no retiring right yeah. there's retiring from yeah. fighting but you're constantly right. always going to train yeah and that, that, that's always uh, i think an important thing that mindset is what allows you to continually develop and progress all regardless of how fights go you know whether you win or lose or how often you're fighting i think a lot of people put so much focus on that singular event but when it's over they just stop and they wait until they get another fight signed before they really start putting that work in where you have all the time in between is where you really develop and can can progress but more often than not people basically kind of take their foot off the gas and then wait until uh, something comes up but all this time you wasted that you could have been progressing and staying in shape and sharpening up your tools so that way when you do get to that point you're at a higher level than you were before i wish you would have told me that when the pandemic started so <laughs> <laughs> i could have told you that if you asked <laughs> no um but uh my my head coach amber pope she was part of uh, csa and she tells me stories and looking back at at the people that were there especially when you were there training there i believe did you leave in 2013 2014 no i moved i went there in 2013 12 that's when i started with them and then i was there for five years i think so i just left three three years ago maybe and looking back, and sorry if I'm wrong, but I'm trying to name all the people that were there when you were there. You had Miriam Nakamoto, you, uh, I believe Eddie uh, Eddie Abasolo, um, uh, Gaston Bolanos, all these fighters. Uh, Zoila was there. You had this this great bunch of fighters, and yeah. and looking at it now, how where Muay Thai is now, will there ever be a a, a group of fighters? that great in one gym ever again do you think um i'm sure you know but like what most people don't realize is i i did the bulk of my career before i even went to csa you know and that's where i did so many of my fights like sanchai malapet and coke and 
Chike and everybody else, that was all done prior to me ever even going to CSA. And that was, that was when I was in Vegas, we had a ridiculous amount of people and fighters to train with, whether it was Muay Thai, MMA. Um, that was probably the hardest part about leaving Vegas was knowing that I was leaving that giant plethora of, of, of high quality people to work with. The thing I never had, though, was a uh, a coach in the sense of someone really watching out for me, kind of, um, you know, helping promote me, helping get me fights, that kind of thing. I always had great training partners and great coaches as far as uh, developing my skills, but not necessarily that person that's kind of watching out for you and, and taking care of all that stuff. And um that's that was the one thing my real big motivator for moving up north to csa because i was giving up all of my training partners when i moved there gaston was still a baby i mean he wasn't uh he was still an amateur he was just coming off some losses and um you know he wasn't the the person and the fighter that he is today he was he was just like he was like a little kid you know wasn't uh especially when I first went there, he wasn't even somebody that I could necessarily even get good training in, you know, cause he was, I mean, he's still kind of a baby. I mean, we did definitely did good work and stuff, but same thing with Miriam. I mean, she, we never really worked together. I was just, when I started, I was just coming off of my knee surgery. So I was, I was building back up from that. She was her, I think her first fight was, her first fight after her knee surgery was the week of my knee surgery. So it kind of, it kind of all worked out that way. So the first, you know, year or two, I would say that I was up there. I didn't have any training partners. I, I didn't have anyone other than just working by myself and getting working with Kyrian and pad work and stuff. But as far as a, a team, that was something that developed that I helped develop. You know, Eddie came later on. You know, he was training at a different gym. And um, even when he came, first came, it was, it was kind of been the, the situation in a lot of places that I went that I kind of had to build it up once I got there. Not that it was there prior. Um, and not to say that there wasn't great people there prior, but to have that um, roster of really great work, that wasn't there at all. Um, and then that, that, that was something that just developed over time of the five years that I was there. Um, yeah. And just trying to, it's, it's tough to develop that and have that because you just don't have that. You, you have to, you basically have to build that, those teams up. Now, as far as that happening in the future, I don't know, man, things are, things are just different now. I'm sure there's always going to be waves of stuff and, and, different locations that have more, more people, you know, more of a team and a high level team and, and less. So that's, I mean, just finding high level people to train with is almost impossible. You know, you kind of have to build that because most people are at that development stage, that lower stage. Yeah. Maybe they're pros maybe, but how many people are, would you consider world-class? That's, 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 that's a very, very select few. It gives me hope because I live in Los Banos, California, and, and Amber keeps on telling me, you got to build your team. I was like, there's yeah, no you just gotta, you gotta a bunch of cows around here. There's nothing. Over here. So, um, so, but we're, we're trying, 
We're trying. Yeah. Um, but last question, uh, and I'll end it with American Muay Thai. Where where do you see American Muay Thai headed? Do we are we going to explode? Is it going to stay where it's at? Uh, I it goes it grows through waves. It goes through cycles. It 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 kind of it's a progressive thing. You know, you start at it's just like everything else. It starts at a certain level. You try to build and grow, and there's certain things that are helping it move forward and there's certain things that are making it decline and it's just like this very painfully slow progressive thing and every once in a while you do get that bump like when uh like when lion fight started that was a big that was a big bump up you know that was a step up getting on uh, national television having that high level roster of fights continually and and it was a stable thing for a while but then that fell apart and declined and then almost made things worse to a degree. So that was, that was just a, 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 a developmental stage in, in Muay Thai in America, particularly. Um, but then that kind of leveled off. So yeah, we, we progressed a lot. We built a lot, but um, I would say that we lost a lot of that too at a certain point. So now it's, it's just at a, another, limbo stage you know you got triumphant picking up the reins as far as the promotion goes but that's only one you know like we what we need is many of these uh, unfortunately it really does tend to be um, a small amount or just one or two uh, promotions uh, fighters and just just people in general that are really out there trying to push this sport in in stay in it for the long haul and, and sacrifice everything that it takes to progress. Um, and then there's everybody in between, which also, you know, it's like, we're all part of this movement that we're all trying to get it forward. Everyone kind of has their place, but, but we all play our part. And, and thank you again for doing this, Kevin. I'll give the last moment for you to promote anything or yeah. where do people follow you or anybody you want to promote? All right. Yeah. I don't really have anything to promote. Um, as far as following me on my social medias, the Soul Assassin, DA Soul Assassin, that's my Twitter and my Instagram. That, those are usually the easiest ways to follow me and keep track of what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything to promote. I'm just uh, just over here working, trying to get better and see what's next. And I just, again, thank you. It, it's crazy because I was delivering for FedEx, driving, driving, listening to you talk on Joe Rogan. And the fact that I'm sitting here talking to you about Muay Thai, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm glad, man. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. No doubt. Welcome Round back, guys. Two, we have six. Coach Bob Perez from Main Street Kickboxing in Houston, California. Uh, Houston, Texas. Houston. That, that, I messed up. Houston, Texas. Houston, <laughs> Texas. Um, but... You know, I do I do research on the people that I'm interviewing. I'm a big fan of yours. Of uh, before I even started podcasting, your your breakdowns of fighting and stand up, and I'm diving into your story with all the interviews you've done. You're an incredible, well versed guy. You you found martial arts after graduate. Well, you found martial arts, coaching martial arts late. And you weren't even, you didn't fight as, as long as a lot of other fighters and you became a, a, a world known, uh, coach. 
Yeah, well, thank you, man. Thank you very much. It's an uh, honor to, to be here with you. Um, man, I was never really a fighter at all, man. I mean, I did amateur boxing. I was an amateur boxer and I did, you know, five or six Muay Thai smokers. And that was it, man. Like, you know, um, I think my calling was in, in teaching and, and coaching. You know, I was pretty tough, but honestly, bro, I don't think I was very good, you know. Uh, but yeah, man, I've been, I boxed my whole, my, my whole life from eight to 18. I was in, in the boxing scene. And then I found Muay Thai uh, in college, you know, I'm almost 50 years old now, you know. And you went to college for, you're a biochemist? Biochem, yeah, biochemical, biophysical sciences. Um, and I, I worked in that field for, really in that field, I did environmental toxicology for a long time. So I was a, a biologist slash in-house chemist. Um, and it's funny, man, because I've only been doing like coaching like full-time, full-time for only about five years. I've been coaching professionally for 15 years, but only full-time five years. And my wife and I were talking the other day, I actually want to go back and, and get uh, a second degree in anthropology. I've always been fascinated by the, by the Aztecs and Mayans. I mean, it's part of who I am. And uh, I don't know how I would do it, but I definitely want to study them a bit. And it's it's interesting because you 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 have all these these things you've done in your life. You even before you went to college, you were a standout baseball player, from what I've heard in your interviews. And I was, I was okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, knowing that you're a stand, you were uh, your love for baseball. How was it being able to watch uh, Black Beast throw out the first pitch? Oh, dude. Were you, I, were you envious a little bit that you didn't I, get to I, throw I, out the first pitch? No, man. I was so happy. For him. That being said, I, I, I tease him every day because of he, dude, he just shit the bed with that one. Excuse my language. <laughs> so I tease him every day and I'm going to continue to tease him about that uh, until we die, man. That, that was, uh, it, it was terrible. But that being said, he's my brother. I love him. And he knows that I'm just, you know, teasing him. The honor uh, for him to do that was was just amazing, man. And I was so happy for him, bro. Um, I don't think he fully grasped, like, you know, how far 60 feet, six inches is. So <laughs> yeah. I literally, I, I took a, a sack, a big bag of baseballs to the gym every day in my glove. I'm like, bro, let's, let's throw the ball around. And he's like, no, that shit's easy. I'm like, Derek, I'm telling you, we need to throw the ball around. Derek's hands, bro, are massive. The ball's not. <laughs> yeah. So I, I knew he was going to grip it for dear life. And like, so he, he's throwing and I'm like, okay, he's good. Release, release, release. Still didn't release. He released about right here. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be bad. So um, yeah, dude, he, he, he messed that one up pretty bad. But, uh, <laughs> but, but it was all in fun, man. It was a great honor. And I'm proud of my boy, man. I love him to death. Awesome. And Going into uh, Derek Lewis and Lauren Murphy, uh, I want to get into Lauren Murphy first because Lauren Murphy, she's going against one of the best uh, stand-up strikers in MMA history, right? Absolutely. And, yeah, and but I, I was I was looking back at Lauren Murphy's career. She fought Miriam Nakamoto. That was actually the infamous fight where Miriam uh, popped her knee. Mm -hmm. And are you? Are you looking back at that fight at all going into the, the Shevchenko fight? Man, you know, no, two totally different types of, of Muay Thai fighters, Valentina and, and Miriam, are both obviously very decorated, but different styles of Muay Thai. Um, 
And that was when she fought Miriam, that was way before we met. We've only been together about two years. She's five and oh, since we've been together. And it's not me. It's kind of the team that we formed and, and kind of her um, uh, evolving. But uh, she's, Lauren's a totally different fighter now. Uh, that being said, when you fight somebody like Valentina, and Valentina's my friend, we've taught a seminar together. She's trained at our gym before. She's a great person, her and Antonina and Coach Pavel, they're, they're amazing people. Um, when you fight somebody like that, that, that has good Muay Thai or Muay Thai for MMA, um, which is really what it is, it's not Muay Thai, it's Muay Thai for MMA. Um, she, she's really good. You don't play to her strengths. And that, that's as much as I can like, you know, put into it, you know, as I, like strategy or game plan. We're not going to kickbox her. That, that's the best way to put it. We're not going to fight her in, in, a, in, a, in a striking battle. And I'm not yeah. saying we're going to take it to the ground, but I, I am saying, you know, even from a striking perspective, we're going to fight our fight. We're not going to fight her. And also, congratulations on getting, I know the whole goal is not to get to the title fight, but it's to win the title fights but it is an honor i mean it is a, a huge accomplishment to get to those two title fights and so congratulations on that and and now on to Derek lewis he's fighting cyril gone who's also a decorated muay thai fight stand-up striker disagree. i would disagree with that 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. He's, he's got like seven muay thai fights bro yeah. you know like, you know the, the ufc of course are going to say oh world class no he's not world class man he's not you yeah. know he fought anybody in, in, in Muay Thai. He hasn't fought anybody recognized. Valentina's fought Muay Thai on a totally different level. You know, and so that I will disagree. Yeah. I can, he can strike. But to say he's a Muay Thai fighter, I disagree completely. <laughs> um, yeah, he he beat, I, for, I forgot the Muay Thai fighter's name, but it, he's a, he was a, he's a 5'10 guy that's 200 and, 50 pounds i i keep, i think he's i forgot what his name is but yeah 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 <laughs> no no cyril I, uh as uh, not moy no 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 okay. no <laughs> yeah and you know i going what happened he's got sakyant on his chest so do i i'm not a thai fighter you know <laughs> and uh going to Derek lewis like one thing i i I really love about him. It's not the one punch power is is awesome, right? And it's always cool to see. But his heart, the kid, the the kid, the guy never uh, gives up. Yeah. It's just it's all the power stays with them the whole entire fight. Yeah, that, that's the thing with Derek, man. So Derek and I've been together eight years, and when I first got him, you know, I was gonna try to make him as technically as I possibly could. And I would have ruined him if I would have done that. I've got WBC champions at our gym, you know, Regis Progress trains at our gym, Shock Foster, Austin Trout. We've got, you know, Muay Thai fighters that have, you know, won you know, world titles in, in, in Thailand. And national, you know, amateur Muay Thai champions or infamous champions. Um, Derek Lewis is Derek Lewis. Lauren Murphy is Lauren Murphy. I never try to mold anybody into, you know, well, we're a Muay Thai gym. You have to fight that way. That's all bullshit. You know, Derek is a brawler. He's uh, all balls, all heart, and that's never going to change. And, and if I would have tried to make him this ah, pretty fighter, <laughs> yeah. And you know, so there's there's no point in that. All balls, all heart. Historically, has been losing pretty much every round of every fight that, that he fought in. He knocks every motherfucker out after that. Yeah. And you know, the thing that blows my mind, he's coming in as an underdog. Derek has more wins in the UFC against. 
ranked opponent, more wins in the UFC than Cyril has total fights. And, you know, Derek's dumb, but he doesn't have a fucking six pack. So, yeah. you know, experts are like, he's going to lose now, man. I think this is a great fight for Derek. Man. And not a question, but I just want to let you know the, I, I don't really get emotionally invested into fights. Mm-hmm. Like I just watch fights because I love watching fights. Mm-hmm. But when he fought Volkov, I, I, I was just so like, cause I felt like in there, like I felt emotionally invested in that fight. So when he knocked him out, I was the loudest I've ever screamed in my whole entire life. My mm-hmm. like, me too. <laughs> yeah. ass kicked for the whole fight, man. Yeah. You know, uh, he, you know, and there's never an excuse, man. You know, you were flat out losing the fight. Uh, Derek's knee in that fight. That was, I think two fights before he had his surgery. Uh, you know, back shot, knees shot. You know, historically, Derek wouldn't back up a lot in fights. And this, I mean, he just couldn't push forward. It, it hurt him to move. Uh, we couldn't even train properly. So as he's backing up, man, when you take a long striker like Volkov, man, he's just going to tee off. And that's what he did, man. He was blasting Derek. And then I gave him that speech going into the last round. And, um, man, I, I don't know if it was a speech or, or whatever, but I just lit a fire under his ass. But he did what he had to do, and he slept him, man. That's awesome. And going on to your other fighters, I you post a lot of pad work with Jacob Barry. That yeah. that that guy's a stud. Well, on the pad work, and I've seen his uh, a few of his fights, at, especially the TBA. They're on on YouTube. And yeah. uh, is he gonna be a? Is he pro now? No, I, I, he's not ready to go pro yet. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I, I'd say early twenty twenty two, he'll be pro. Uh, I think we're at like 15 or 16 Muay Thai fights right now. Uh, and, and Muay Thai is something that I think he's pretty much done with at this point. We we're going to do TBA. Um, this last TBA, because we had signed up way before. I was going to take him to Thailand. And all pre-COVID, we we're going to go fight in Thailand, uh, do TBA, A-class, maybe get on the IFMA team if he won, and then be done with Muay Thai. Uh, I forgot why we couldn't go to TBA this year. Tickets were bought. Everything was good. Yeah. And- Oh, his rib. He hurt his rib. Oh, so we man. Could, but I think we're done with more time, man. You know, the, the future's in, in MMA for us, you know, and, you know, that, that's the route that we're going to go. And, and is that because of, of the, of the career-wise, like, you, you make more money in MMA, or is it because he doesn't really like Muay Thai? Because I know, I know in Muay Thai, it's, there's not that much money. Yeah, like, no, you, I mean... We love Muay Thai, man. We we love the culture and the respect and the art. And, you know, like my teacher, Saxon, like, I mean, we love Muay Thai. But, um, you know, we're in this for, for, for the business, you know. Yeah. Like, you can say, you know, you know, I love Muay Thai. I'll, you know, all you fight Muay Thai, you'll be fucking broke, bro. You'll yeah. Broke, you know? and, and, and I love that. I love that. But let's be real, man. This is a business. And, we, you know, we're in the fight business. We've got pro boxers, pro uh, MMA guys. There's not a lot of pro Muay Thai guys that we have because we just we're not going to develop them that way because, you know, it, it's just the money's not there. You can go fight for one. I'm not a, a big fan of one. That's a totally different podcast, but they pay well, <laughs> you know. And do, do you not like the do you not like the small gloves or is it just a, a personal thing or is it not Muay Thai anymore? If you want to be a purist, then yeah, Muay Thai anymore, you know. Um, but no, uh, four ounce gloves. I have no issues with that, man. But like, it's just Muay Thai is 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 beautiful. I love it, but that's just not the direction the majority of my fighters go. Got it. 
And um, I was I got one more question for you, and I, uh, I know you're a busy man, but how <laughs> I. <laughs> I I I don't want to ask you how Muay Thai how, how how Muay Thai changed your life because in all honesty your story I I believe it's not really a, a Muay Thai story it's more of a like you're a, a student of life yeah right? yeah I'm, I'm not a Muay Thai purist uh, by any means like my style is my style my life is my life you know like like yeah man I think I'm I, I just I think. I've always kind of been one of those guys where I'm not afraid to really take chances, uh, whether I fall on my ass or not. I've been knocked out before. I've lost before in life. You know, you got to get back up. And uh, I don't think that was a lesson that, that uh, you know, or, or something that I got from Muay Thai. Yeah. And how, how has, uh, like, you, you have said before that teaching is not, you're born with it. You're not, mm -hmm. uh, you're not, no one really teaches you how to teach. Can you explain that for the listeners? I believe that wholeheartedly, man. Um, like I said, man, I, I wasn't made, uh, you know, I wasn't the best uh, competitor fighter. And I got into teaching kind of on accident. And the ability to relay information to people, um, the ability to back up information to people, uh, prove information to people is innate. It's not something that, that I think I can't teach you how to teach. You know, it's, it's to me a God-given ability um, in, in coaching as well. It's not meant for everybody, just like fighting isn't meant for, for everybody. Um, but yeah, man, I think it, it's something that you can either do or, or you can't do. And it's not just relaying technical information it's being sympathetic or empathetic to people it's you have to wear different hats to be a, a good teacher a coach especially fight coach i've got 100 fighters man you have to be you know uh, uh you have to be uh, a marriage counselor some days you have to be a best friend you have to be a dad you have to be you know that technical coach you have to be all of these things to truly um get to you know to your fighters when i first started coaching they called me the general because he was just like ah, Ah, ah. And so, like my my boxing coach was mean, you know, Saxon. You know, Bob, you suck. Why you suck, Bob? Saxon is is not everybody learns that way. You know, everybody. I, I like a lot more positivity in my teaching. Um, if I have to, like, like, um, you know, say that there's an opportunity for you, I kind of I call it a shit sandwich. Basically, man, it's gonna be you know a compliment, a little bit of negative reinforcement, and then a compliment. So I'll be like, hey, bro, man, the jab's looking really good footwork is dog shit but man you're really evolving overall as a fighter so you kind of have, have that good balance of of of, of, of positive and negative but uh, yeah bro you know i'm long-winded but yeah i mean you can't teach somebody how to teach awesome and uh, i am a i'm a big fan of muay thai i don't know if do you watch a lot of muay thai no i used to man i'm a fan yeah. of the gold Muay Thai man I like you know like Rotang like I, I I like his style of course man but like my, my style is like a, a Muay Mat style which is like heavy hands I uh, like like Ian Harrison that's my style that I really <laughs> like to teach man but no to be honest with you bro I don't it, it, American Muay Thai is I have my circle of friends you know Corley and, and Patrick Valor and Danny Branton and, and you know uh, Mark Beecher and some of those guys but other than that, dude, like, nah, I'm not a, I, I don't watch modern Muay Thai. And last question. And how, how do you, how do we change that? How do we change Muay Thai from being this, this thing that nobody wants to 
go to they rather go to MMA because of because of the money. Like how do yeah. we how do we change that? You gotta you gotta remember Muay Thai is 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 about culture and tradition and it's about passing it on. And I truly believe that with all of my heart. Michael Corley is one of he's president of IFMA and he uh, or the uh, USFM USMF rather. I'm sorry. Um, we got together at about 2011, and when he got back from Thailand, his whole goal, man, his whole goal was to build Muay Thai. Uh, and Muay Thai awareness, especially in Texas. And I did it with him. We tried, man, we tried. And you have somebody like, uh, you know, Patrick Dowler, who's uh, out in Cali as well, um, you know, doing like Muay Thai Development League. We've got like YDL Youth Development League. Uh, they're, they're going in the right direction, I think, man. Um, I think their heart's definitely in the right place. To answer your question, I don't know why. I don't know why people <laughs> You know, dude, so you can go to a, like Mick Maynard's one of my best friends. He used to have LK, which is pretty much glory, man. It was like glory rules, kickboxing here, legacy kickboxing. And there's fucking crickets in the crowd, man. And you had like Alexandre, you had Valentina fought there. You had some good fighters, man. We'd have five or six on every card and they only did a few, but there's crickets in the audience. And then you go to a submission hunter pro or, you know, like a grappling event. Yeah. Fucking 3000 people there, dude, to watch people roll. I don't, I don't watch a UFC, you know, looking to see, I, I appreciate jujitsu. I've been to jujitsu as long as I've done Muay Thai, but like, I appreciate it and I love it, but I don't want to see somebody get fucking choked. I mean, you want to see a knockout. That's what yeah. everybody see. That being said, man, I, I don't know why it won't be, you know, why it's not being followed or, or grown. I do think that we kind of need to change the attitude within the Muay Thai community as well. If you've got, I've got myself, oh, that's not real Muay Thai. I mean, eh, fuck that shit, man. That's stupid. Yeah. That, I was about to say that too. I, I like, and just getting into this world, I've only been into this world, uh, two years now, no, three years, three years into the Muay Thai world. And, uh, I'm, I'm a pretty like laid back guy. I no, I don't really hate anybody, but I'm getting into this, this world. And there's a lot of clickiness, a lot of clickiness. I, that's one reason that I stay out of it, man. I'm cool. I try to be cool with everybody, but I don't like that shit, man. I don't like it at all. It's been, that's part of the problem. <laughs> Well, well, Bob Perez, thank you for doing this. Uh, I got to research you. I got to listen to some of your, your interviews and then actually talk to you. Uh, I'm a huge fan now of just you in general, not just because you're, you're Derek Lewis and Lauren Murphy's coach, coach but I, I wish you best of luck uh, on both your fights. And the stage is yours for to promote anything, whatever you want to say. Man, I just, uh, you know, you guys out there support your local like fight scene, whether it's Muay Thai, boxing, MMA, combative sports in general, um, support it, support the small shows, um, but especially Muay Thai. What I'd like to say is, uh, respect the, the, the art and the culture, not just, uh, kick his ass, you know, the, the fighting respect where it comes from and how it comes uh, especially if you see somebody do the Y crew the ram Y. i see a lot of people hate on that man that's part of muay thai it's part of uh of of what we do so please respect the uh the art and support your local gyms your local fights that's it brother awesome thank you bob thank you brother uh, we got jackie Boon. If, tell me if i'm saying this right Boontan. yeah you're doing it correctly Boontan. All right. Jackie Buntan, she fights out of one championship and she she has had two fights in in uh professional professionally but uh, how many fights overall amateurly? 
Um, I guess 20 something. I honestly can't remember, but 20 something, I think. And you're fitting out of Boxing Works and uh, down south in Southern California. Yes, out of Boxing Works. Awesome. And the watching you in one one championship, I just want to say that it, it's it's awesome. It, it's a you your style from the first round to the third round. Your power and speed is the exact same. Thank and, you, thank you. <laughs> and I just wanted to your, the first question to be like. What's your your strength and conditioning like when it comes to Muay Thai? Are you just doing straight Muay Thai or do you have an actual strength and conditioning coach? I have an actual strength and conditioning coach, Nick Kirsten from Speed of Sport. Um, I've been training with him for like since I was 18. I'm 24 now. So started out doing that like two times a week. And then I got more serious with competing and fighting, and you know, wanting to take things to a professional level. So we picked it up to three times a week. So pretty much strength and conditioning three times a week, every week. <laughs> awesome. And it, it shows in your, in your two fights and one championship. And did, and how did you start your Muay Thai journey? Yeah, I started when I was 11 years old. I was definitely a tomboy at that age. I was just always looking for new sports to do. And martial arts was definitely one that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Just all the the schools around me were taekwondo, karate, and I never it never really interested me when I was that young. It just didn't really seem like straightforward, like I could use this to defend myself. And my brother-in-law was training Muay Thai at the time for fitness, and he introduced me to a couple moves, and I was just obsessed. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and I was like, this is exactly what I want. It just seems so straightforward. These guys are punching, kicking each other, you know, I could definitely use this to defend myself. Going from amateur to pro and you had one, I think you had one professional about got, get canceled before you went into one championship. What was the thought process of going from amateur to jumping right into fighting uh, wonder girl? Yeah, it was a, a tall order to say the least. I mean, I, like you said, I was supposed to make my pro debut on a local card here in California that around the, like the end of 2019 and that got canceled. So right around that time, we got the contract for one championship was, which was amazing. Like perfect timing, big believer of things happening for a reason. So it really worked out in my favor. And um, yeah, I was set to fight Amber kitchen, a rematch fight. Uh, March 2020, right before COVID, that got canceled. So fast forward, that's already probably almost almost two years from not competing when I fought Wonder Girl. So it was a, a very tall order <laughs> doing my first fight after almost two years with the MMA gloves on a professional level on a stage like one championship. So yeah, I, I had to really train my mind mentally throughout that camp. But when it was go time, it, it didn't matter. <laughs> Fighting under Janet Todd, um, someone that's really decorated and being able to train with her constantly, how is it having somebody there that's been through through it all and that you're just starting your professional uh, career? Yeah, I mean, I to this day, I'm just so, so grateful. And I, it's so rare to, to be able to, one, have a teammate 
with the caliber of Janet Todd (laughs) and two, it's being signed on the same organization and being able to compete during the same time. It's pretty insane. And I, I'm super lucky to have her as a training partner. She's a big part of my growth as an athlete and as a fighter. You're just 24. You're barely starting your, your career and being so young and having two amazing fights over people that are, are pretty well known in, in the Muay Thai world. Um, do you feel any type of pressure after these two fights, knowing that you're so young? Um, the age isn't really pressure. I kind of use the age to my favor. I know. I'm not going to be young forever, but I, it, I kind of think of it like, you know, I had a, a great start with this company and I'm still young. So the sky's the limit for me. I know the sky's the limit. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I definitely do, you know, with more wins, especially in a professional league and one championship, you, you know, there, there are eyes that start going, following you or people want to fight you and prove themselves and stuff like that. And I'm on the same boat. So you know, there's added pressure, but that's all for myself, just wanting to be the best and be a better version of myself. Do you find anything different from from 10 ounce gloves to I believe three ounce gloves? Is they're, there yeah, difference? they're they're four ounce gloves, but there is a huge difference, yes. <laughs> <laughs> is um, it like, the, oh go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I mean everything really it's just from striking and the biggest the biggest difference I, I would say is is the defense on my end. Like you got to be really tight with your defense. You could get away with, with shelling up and doing a long guard with, you know, the 10 ounce gloves, but you cannot get away with that. These four ounce gloves, you, you got to have your hands up high and stuff will slip in. <laughs> How has Muay Thai changed your life? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, it's changed my life all for the better. I think without it, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I think I'm really lucky to have started it so young because it just molded me and molded my personality. Um, It's just made me such a grounded, humble person, really. And I just can't see myself changing or see myself without Muay Thai. And I think that's kind of where I get my discipline, my motivation, all that, and not only with training, but just stuff in general and life in general. Going, go, going to Singapore and, and fighting in one championship, do you see any of your of people that you would like to fight? Like, so what's, what's next for you uh, after this? Man, I mean, they I already made it clear to one championship. My goal is to get the Muay Thai title, to have the Muay Thai belt, and I'd love to get that before I turn 25. You know, I've said it for years now I'd love to be a world champion before I turn 25 but um yeah there's I have a stacked roster I mean I'd love to fight anyone all the girls are great all you know I'd love to fight Amber because that was supposed to be our debut fight and it'd be a rematch fight for me we fought when we were amateurs but I know they're kind of the UK is kind of locked up right now I know they can't really with the travel restrictions but who knows whoever they throw at me Awesome. The stage is yours for the final, like, two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can follow me at Jackie Benton. Simple enough. Um, I guess I have to give a little shout-out to my sponsor, InFight Style. Always making me the cool shorts you see in my fights. Um, my coach, Brian Popejoy from Boxing Works. My strength coach, Nick Kirsten from Speed of Sport. My good buddy takes photos and videos of me, Jeff DeHilio, all you guys. Thank you so much. And thank you, Jackie, for doing this. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me.